Yo, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Philadelphia Sports Complex. Today is Thursday, June 3rd, and the Philadelphia 76ers, your Philadelphia 76ers, have just completed the gentleman's sweep of the Washington Wizards. That's right. Um, it was probably a series we all thought that they would win from the start, um, but uh, a very unfortunate injury probably brought a lot of people down, and you know what? It didn't matter last night because they did it. They won the game, and they won it pretty easily by the time it was over. Um, it was a pretty close game throughout, uh, but by the time we got halfway through the second half, uh, it was it was pretty clear uh, who the who the better team was, who the one seed was, and and the Wizards just didn't have enough to 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 really challenge them too much. And kudos to to pretty much every player on the Sixers roster. Everyone for the most part played a great game, and it was a real team win and a really fun one to watch. Um, obviously, a little stressful in the beginning with some of the calls, which we'll get into a little bit more later. But we won. We get to play the song. We get to play this fucking song all we want now until this next round matchup. And don't get sick of it because I hope we hear a lot more of this. All right. So, um, yeah, I guess the first thing we should talk about is Joel Embiid and his slight lateral meniscus tear, which is not good at all. Um, That's not something that requires surgery, according to the team. Um, but also not something that heals overnight. So it's not great news and it just, just flat out sucks. Um, I just feel so bad for him. He just, it seems like he's done everything right to be healthy and have a chance to play and make a deep playoff run. And it's just like, for whatever reason, every year it, something goes wrong for him and I just feel terrible, but I don't know how long-term of an injury this is, how quickly he can recover. He is a professional athlete, not you or I sitting around listening to this. So it's possible his body heals faster, but uh, it's it's a huge bummer. Um, he's listed as day-to-day still right now, um, which is an encouraging way for them to put it. Obviously, week-to-week would sound a lot worse, um, but it's still not good. It's not good at all. Um, and as well as the team played last night, I, I wonder if they can survive this next round without him. Um, it would be huge if they could, because getting him rest and getting him a chance to be healthy for the Eastern conference finals would be preferable, but I guess it's going to see how these first couple games go, um, against who we now know, uh, their next opponent is going to be, uh, which is the Atlanta Hawks who pulled a little gentlemen sweep of their own on the Knicks last night as well and closed out that series. Uh, so we'll, we'll break that down in a little bit, but um, you know, the important thing right now is still Joel and beats health. Like it is, it feels like it is every year. Um, let's just hope that this is not as serious as it sounds. Uh, it's entirely possible. That could be the case and that they just need to give him a couple more days off. So obviously we'll all be paying close attention to what happens and the news that comes out about him. But um, this could be, this could be a series in which he he gets the opportunity to get some rest, which would be would be nice. So, um, but before we get into the next round's matchup, uh, let's talk about uh, some of the people who played really well in in this first series. Um, Seth Curry last night was incredible. 
Um, he was basically going shot for shot with Russell Westbrook in the second half and really had one of his best best offensive games I've seen him have here probably since he's been on the team. Tobias Harris had another great night last night. Um, had a great first game, kind of quieted down there towards the middle a little bit, but he's really showing that he he can be a player that we can rely on, um, especially on offense, and, and it's really, really critical that he stays as productive as he has been um, in this next series as well because he, we really, really do need him. Um, Tyrese Maxey last night was a force. It, every time it looked like the team wanted to slow something down and kind of just kill time until the starters got back out there, he would just get even more aggressive, not just on offense. He was going for rebounds. He had, he had a, just an unbelievable game, and having – him take a huge step forward like this um, is just it's 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 incredible. What else could you say? I mean, we've needed somebody off of the bench to be very reliable on offense. I mean, I know we have Matisse as a absolute shutdown defender who can occasionally make a couple shots, but we can't rely on his offense every night. Maxi could be this that guy for us, and if that's how this goes, this is this this is going to be a very scary team if the bench starts playing well. Um, and speaking of the bench, the whole bench really played quality minutes. I mean, Shake Milton's been struggling a little bit, but outside of him, the rest of the bench put up some good offensive numbers last night. Cork Moss had some great shots. Um, it's obviously a little bit thinner with uh, with him beat out, and I I just think that they they look great. I mean, George Hill didn't didn't do what you needed him to do, you know, points wise, but I he's. He's not somebody we want to be relying on for points. He's he's somebody we want to be kind of like a leader and a level-headed presence on the court when he's out there because, like I said before, a lot of times you don't want your bench running up and down the court because you could just be causing turnovers and, and rushing through things. And sometimes you just need a veteran to slow the game down and, and help kill some time until your starters are ready to come back in. So um, George Hill did that. And the rest of the team picked it up on offense, off the bench, and it was just a great night. Um, it was so sweet seeing Beal and and Westbrook just on the bench in the fourth quarter, like knowing there was no shot. It's I had nothing against Bradley Beal. Um, I said all season that I would love to have him on our team, and still would, but I wouldn't want to mess with anything right now. But what Russell Westbrook's been kind of like a pain in the ass here, and um, it you know it's good to good to get a, a series win over somebody that's kind of been a thorn in your side for a little while so um yeah so I, I mentioned it a little bit before but the rest in this series were just absolutely fucking dog shit i mean th- i i there was times when when players on the wizards were just taking full on you know hitting players near the head or upper body making no attempt at the ball and and I don't know how those aren't flagrant fouls in today's NBA. I mean, they seem to call them every other time and that seems to be a consistent rule. I I, I don't understand why they why they make their whistle silent when something like that happens to the Sixers and then you turn around and every time Dwight Howard looks at a player on the other team, they they blow the whistle at him. I mean, there was one last night where where a, a player put his arm onto Dwight Howard to engage him in contact, Dwight Howard didn't even move while the player was dribbling, and they called a foul on Howard. I mean, he's he's getting called for nothing at this point, and it's and it's 
hopefully something that doesn't carry over into this next series. Um, hopefully it's something that they're looking at too and realizing that is going the wrong way. But um, it definitely, it, it could have hurt us again last night. Luckily it didn't. Um, but definitely in game four, I mean, there was a lot of opportunities for the Sixers late in that game that the refs just really uh, kind of took away from us. So don't want to throw any wild conspiracy theories out there. But um, it certainly has seemed to be a little one-sided uh, in this series with the way things are getting called. So hopefully that's something that gets fixed because, um, you know, nobody wants to watch. Nobody nobody tunes into any sport for the refs. Just let, let them play, call it fairly, and and if you're going to let something go for one guy, let it go on the other side too. It, it just It's not fun to watch. Um, so... <laughs> Wildly, I guess there there's an um, something that came out from Daryl Morey today about how Ben Simmons and Steph Curry were playing Call of Duty Warzone before their pregame nap, and Simmons told Curry that he needed 30 points or the team needed 30 points out of him last night. And oddly enough, Seth Curry scores exactly 30 points, uh, which is wild. And you know, I, who knows how he said it, um, but it seems like whatever. Ben did say to Seth, uh, got to him and, and and got him playing harder and, and maybe not harder, but got him playing really well last night. And so hopefully, you know, that's some of the stuff that we don't see when we watch the game from Ben Simmons. But I think it's it's the critical part of his game and his leadership and why he's such an important part of this team. And and on top of that, I mean, they tried to do their little hack of Ben scheme last night, um, which is the most desperate attempts you can make to try to stop another team. Um, and it didn't work. I mean, he wasn't perfect at the free throw line, but he made some early ones that kind of, I think, showed them that it, it's not something that they can do. And you also, you can't, you can't afford to, to, to trade off fouls like that either. So it was a dumb, uh, dumb strategy from the beginning. It, it might work one game or for a little while in one game because it might throw them off, but Overall, just what it just it it doesn't matter in the long term for Ben Simmons. He's gonna do too many other things well, and he did too many other things well last night. Um, he was incredible in the game last night. Had a triple double. Was all over the court defensively. He is such an important piece to this team, and I don't want to hear anybody talking shit on him until you know we have a couple games in a row where we lose and he does absolutely nothing because he's playing really well. And if he's giving you what he's giving you on the court and motivating guys, um, other guys on a team as he's doing it when, you know, in between games, I mean, what else could you ask for for him? If you can get get that out of him without him beat on the on the court for these next couple games, potentially, I mean, this is a very scary team with the way they're all playing. So I think Ben's been a, a crucial part so far, and he's going to be a crucial part going forward. Um Tobias Harris uh, is another one. Um, he had 20, 28 points last night and was, I think, just like two assists, two assists and one rebound away from a triple double. Um, he he was great, and we really need him to be great again if we're going to go far, um, especially without Embiid. Um, I guess you know, I guess the Wizards, you know, what what else did we really expect? I mean. They were a terrible team in the first half of the season. Then they turned it on and had a great second half and and played some solid basketball to get into the playoffs. But they just they ran into a buzzsaw and they ran into the number one seed. I mean, there's a reason the Sixers earned that. It's because they are a better complete team, um, and that's it's it's 
it doesn't matter if you have two superstars like Bradley Beal and and Russell Westbrook. You just can't you can't overcome how much better the, the overall team is. Um, and yeah, they had they lost Bertans after Game Four, who was one of their probably four best players when he was out there. Um, but it's it's it wouldn't have mattered anyway. I mean, they weren't they weren't going to win the series. They weren't um, they just weren't they weren't good enough. You know, in the end, to hang with them past the one game where the refs kind of kind of left them. So, um, you know, kudos to them for getting to to the playoffs in the first place after the terrible start that they had. So, I mean, it's impressive, but uh, you know, I'm not going to miss them, and I don't think you will either. All right. So, up next is the Atlanta Hawks, who I didn't watch all the games, but it seems like they made pretty quick and easy work of the Knicks. But uh, Knicks were kind of a surprise. And, you know, it is what it is. But I don't want to take anything away from what they did and how good Trey Young has been so far in the playoffs. And what I think is his first appearance in the playoffs. Um, it's not, it's not going to be easy. I mean, it's the easiest second-round matchup we could have gotten based on who's left. Um, but it's, uh, it's going to be a challenge. I mean, right now, um, we still don't know... We still don't know what to expect from Joel Embiid. I believe either yesterday or today they asked Doc Rivers for an update, and he has no timetable, and that's what he said. So that's not good. That doesn't that doesn't bode well for him starting the first game or or being involved in the first couple games as it stands right now. So um, he we should be expecting him to be out uh, at least for the first few games, if not longer. So who? we're going to have to have somebody step up. Um, and I've already mentioned uh, Simmons and Embiid as being two guys that are going to be critical, um, but it's going to have to be a team effort because uh, Joel Embiid's got some big shoes to fill literally and figuratively. Um, so mentioned it already. Trey Young is clearly their most talented player and the most dangerous person. He in the playoffs right now for this season, it's five games, um, 29 point, his average is 29.2 points, 9.8 assists so far. So that's pretty damn good. Um, but he's going to be guarded by Ben Simmons. So he is not going to be facing someone in this matchup that he that he probably has faced in a long time because Ben Simmons is arguably the best defender in the league. So that's a huge advantage for us. Um, he is much more dangerous, I think, when he's able to do everything that he wants. And I think Ben Simmons can really force him outside and force him to try to take more uh, long-range shots and try to force the whole offense to kind of uh, live live on the perimeter, which would be ideal for us because, one, we won't have Embiid, presumably. Um, but two, uh, they're, they're, Trey Young's a great three-point shooter, but nobody can be great every game they go out there. So... You'd much rather force them into the more challenging shots, and I think um, I think they're going to be able to do that. Um, they have uh, when you look at it on paper, it's a pretty underwhelming roster. The Hawks, um, especially their front court. I I don't even without Embiid, I just don't see anybody on this roster that can hang with uh, Tobias Harris. Uh, ben Simmons, if he's going deep, um, it, presumably Dwight Howard's going to be starting. It's just, I, I just don't see it. And, and I don't expect Dwight Howard to be an offensive juggernaut when he's out there. But um, 
but I think both offensively and defensively, it's a huge advantage matchup wise uh, for the Sixers. Um, yeah, I, and I and I, th- I think that's going to, I think that's going to, to play out in our favor. Um, so another guy, I mean, kind of mentioned it earlier, Shake Milton, just really struggling and looking pretty lost um, the last few games. Uh, he's definitely somebody else that needs to step their game up um, because I think, like I said earlier, the bench has been playing a lot better. Um, but if you could get him going as well, um, that, that, that would be a huge addition, especially if we're going to be shorthanded. Um, he was, uh, working with the coaches after, uh, the game five win last night on the court, taking shots, working on different things. So that's really encouraging. Uh, he wasn't in the locker room celebrating. He was, he was out there on the floor after the game, trying to get better and trying to improve himself. So hopefully he's able to kind of get things right and maybe talking with and working with some of the veterans, will help him get his head back into the right place because he's a talented player. It's just, I just think he's in kind of like a weird patch and he's not really, not really getting a lot of minutes on the court. So every time he goes out there, he kind of seems like he's forcing things and and that's just not, not a recipe for success. Um, But outside of him, um, I mean, everybody's been playing well. Um, So if we can just keep the same consistent play from the bench guys, we already had playing well and, and, get him going a little better. I think this is going to be a very dangerous team and, and could, um, could make things potentially a lot easier for us in this next round matchup with the Hawks. So, um, prediction for this, this series, I didn't do one for the last one, but I am going to do one for the Hawks series. And honestly, I have the Sixers winning this in five. I, like I said, just don't see how their front court's going to be able to handle us. I don't see how they'll be able to defend a lot of our players and I just don't think they're deep enough in their starting lineup that if Trey Young slowed down at all by Ben Simmons that I just don't see who who else is going to be capable of of picking the offense up for them. Um uh, the Sixers defense overall is is too good. Um and I just don't I just don't see it. Um I I think Trey Young's a great player, but this is his first time in the postseason and um you experience matters here and especially in the second round. And if the Sixers were able to do what they did against Beal and, um, and Westbrook that I think they'll be able to do the same thing, um, against one, one superstar level player compared to two. Um, so yeah, I, I don't see this being too much of a challenge for the Sixers. I think there'll be closer games that are exciting because Trey can shoot, but, um, Overall, I I have a lot of confidence in this team right now. Um, curious to know what everybody else thinks too, but um, I think this could be a good a good series for them to kind of jump out to a, a quick series lead and give the Sixers more flexibility with Embiid to kind of sit them potentially for even the whole thing, which would be awesome because if they can win this one and they can do it without rushing Embiid back early and then have him come back healthy to face either... Brooklyn or um, Milwaukee at, at as close to a hundred percent as he's going to be in the next few months. Um, obviously we would all, we would all take that. And I think the way they're playing right now, there's nothing that I've saw after the game last night to show me that, that they can't keep steamrolling teams that, um, that are, you know, not quite in their class. So that's my prediction. Sixers in five 
hopefully I'm right, but I have a feeling that this clip's going to get uh, shown to me at the end of the series, and I'm going to really hate myself for opening my mouth about it. All right, so moving on. Um, the Phillies are... Yeah, they <laughs> they redeemed themselves uh, after losing eleven to one on Monday and came back with a very impressive football score of seventeen to three on Tuesday, which is a, a wild amount of runs. Um, had the game rained out yesterday, scheduled off day today, so with that they uh, are now in second place. I guess technically tied with the Braves. Uh, they're both four and a half games out of first place. Which is crazy because um, they really haven't been playing well at all, and they're still in it. So um, hopefully, hopefully that's the kind of game that can get some guys going on offense that uh, desperately, desperately need to get going. Um, but we'll see. I, I think you know, not being able to play the next day, sometimes it's good, sometimes it's bad. I mean, my dad would always joke and say that you have to save your runs for the next game if you score too many. Because then they won't score any, and I feel like that's happened every time the Phillies have ever scored more than like six or eight runs. They always, you can pretty much pencil them in for like a zero or a one the next game. So maybe it's a good thing they didn't play yesterday, uh, and maybe they can kind of take what they did uh, on on Tuesday and 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 bring it back to some of these upcoming series and and not have to worry about the slump the day after. So we'll see. Um, two people, um, had two home run games, uh, Andrew McCutcheon, one of them and Odubel Herrera, the other, and Alec Boehm had, had three hits, uh, which is great, uh, especially for McCutcheon and Boehm because they have been, honestly, they've just been terrible, um, both offensively and defensively. And you didn't really expect them to be defensive gold glove winners um i expected them to be better both of them um but i expected their bats and their offense to kind of carry them and make it easier to overlook some of the defensive struggles that they both have but so far uh that's not been the case uh mccutcheon i don't know if this average was before or after yesterday is at 209 and Bohm is at 213 which is frankly fucking terrible um, and I don't know how there's two people on an offense in a park like Citizens Bank that are batting um, that close to the Mendoza line. It's it's awful, and I've heard some people suggest that Bohm needs to be sent back down because he just looks lost and that he's taking taking a lot of pitches he should swing at and swinging at ones he shouldn't, but he also has the highest exit velocity on the team um, on average, so... I don't know what to do with him because he's struggling and I don't think his defensive plays are helping him on offense. I think he's in a bad slump and I hope that having a three hit game like he did is something that can kind of get him out of it because I don't want to see him have to go back down to Lehigh because that's not something <laughs> that's not something the Phillies were built to be able to withstand. They don't have they don't have another infielder that sh that can and should play every day. You can make the argument that Nick Maton's kind of earned that spot right now, but with Gregorius hurt, that's not a possibility. And it they need they need Alec Bohm. They need him to play better. Um, I don't know if he can fix his defensive struggles, 
but he and, and McCutcheon sure as shit need to fix their offensive issues because um, th- at the way they've been playing, they, they don't deserve to be in the everyday lineup. Um, and it's frustrating because we've seen McCutcheon be so good for so many years, um, not as a Philly, of course, but you know he, what he's been capable of in the past. He's just not giving you anything right now. And moving him down in the lineup, I think, was the right move and probably should have happened earlier because he just he's he can't bat leadoff right now with the way he's swinging. Um, and I I have more confidence in him getting his offense right just because of his level of experience. And he doesn't look like he's completely done. That doesn't mean that he that, that that's wrong. He may be. But um, I, I think he, I think having a two home run game like he did uh, on Tuesday could could really kind of jumpstart his season and at least get him back, getting back to finishing the season somewhere around 250, 260, where you would have expected him to be in the first place, um, which would require a lot of output from him going forward. But we've seen him do it before, and I think he can again. I I think Bohm could too. I just worry that. Uh, younger player has more things they're battling internally when they struggle that it's going to be more difficult for him but per- in a perfect world uh, both of them write the ship and get back on track and this offense can can get back to where it needs to be because their defense is really not uh, not good at all they I've never seen I've never seen a Phillies team play worse defense in my life um, they ask Girardi about it all the time, and he sounds like he's frustrated too. It sounds like nobody knows what's wrong. They just keep fucking up, and nobody seems to be able to figure out what to do to, to fix it. Um, it's not going to fix itself overnight. It's not going to fix itself this season, probably. It's probably not even going to fix itself next season because um, I don't know if Alec Bohm can play third base every day. And... If we get the DH in the National League next year, that would be great because we could put Hoskins at DH because he's not the best fielder um, and could potentially move Bohm to first, which is fine. Um, I think Bohm's got a very strong arm, so putting him at first base is kind of wasting that. So the only other option really is left field because he's certainly not a center fielder. Um, and you could, you could see that working. Um, you'd still have the ability to use his arm and, and hopefully make an impact with that in the outfield. Um, but well, who knows what his range is going to be like as a defender and who knows if we'll have a center fielder that is capable of covering a larger area to make up for some inefficiencies between Harper and somebody like Bohm in left field. I mean, when we had Victorino, he could, he could do that to Pat Burrell and, and Jason Worth because he could cover and he, he could literally run all over the outfield and, and make plays. But if you don't have that guy in center field, then you can't just put two guys in the corners who can't, who can't field. And so it's concerning um, because Herrera is probably only playing uh, on the Phillies right now because they already owed him some like $10 million this year, whether he played or he didn't. So they were already going to have to pay him. He was on the roster. He's playing better than any other center fielder that they've put on the field so far. So it makes sense for this year. But 
I can't see them re-signing him. I can't see them like trying to convince the fan base that that's the right move considering what he's done. Um, he's had, he's been better than what we've seen, but he's not, he's not the best center fielder. Um, he's it's, if you take out his personal stuff and just look at what we pay him and what he gives you, it's probably fair, but I don't think that it's something that the organization should commit themselves to going forward. Um, so I think they will one way or another be in the market for a center fielder for next year because it doesn't sound like Mickey Moniak's going to be that guy. Um, he just got skipped over for a promotion when Roman Quinn got hurt. So who uh, I, I, I just don't know. It, it, it kills me that this team is, is not built well defensively up the middle like a good team should be. Um, you need a good defensive shortstop a good center fielder and a good catcher. And we have a great catcher, but we're missing the other two. And it's, it it just kills me. And it's part of the reason why the defense falls apart because everyone's sort of out of place and nobody's really great at their position except for real Muto. Um, So it's really just, it just sucks and it sucks to watch and I hope it gets fixed, but um, we'll see. Um, So (laughs) speak, Since I've been so positive about the Phillies, I figure we might as well talk about how uh, terrible their schedule is for this month. So, like I said, we had today off. The next um, run of series that basically carries us to the end of June is this is basically the entire month of June. We have the Nationals this weekend, followed by the Braves, then the Yankees, then the Dodgers, then the Giants, then the Nationals again, and then the Mets. So, what the fuck? Grant, the Nationals haven't been great. The Braves are struggling. And the Yankees haven't been as good as they have been. But they're still the Yankees. They still have a a freak lineup and some really good pitching and could turn it around any moment. The Dodgers are playing way better. The Giants are in first place. The Mets are in first place. It's, It's an absolutely brutal schedule. Even if all of these series were at home, this is brutal. Um... It's a huge measuring stick month um, to see where a lot of people are and where the team is and what their record is when they come out of it. But I can tell you, if you've got two guys batting around 200, uh, it's going to be a long June, a very long June. So they got to get their shit together. Um, They've got to pitch... Outside of Zach Wheeler, they've got to pitch much better. Um, the bullpen's got to stop blowing shit. And maybe we can come out of this month 500 and still be in the hunt when July starts and, and see, you know, so we have a better idea if the team's going to be a buyer or seller. But it's going to be rough. So hold on, everyone. Um, let's just hope they start hitting. Let's hope the warmer weather brings brings some some more home runs in Citizens Bank for the Phillies and no one else. All right, so that's enough depressing Phillies talk. Um, let's take a couple quick minutes on the Eagles. Um, it looks like, um, as I was hoping, they've got a pretty much true-to-form position battle at left tackle going into all these off-season programs, which is great. Um, I thought Maialata played really well when he was in last year, but I think Andre Dillard is still a talented player and still deserves a chance to play and I don't think we should be writing him off yet 
and hopefully he proves a lot of people wrong and, and has a strong camp and really forces a tough decision. Um, he was interviewed, I think, today and said he's a hundred feels a hundred percent and that he's um, that he has almost like a new fire in him from missing the entire year last year and not really getting to play at all yet. Um, so if we if we can get some 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 competition out of him and Mylotta and they can both take steps forward, that could be that could be huge for for the Eagles because we uh, as we've seen the last few seasons, they're going to have some injuries on the offensive line. So the more guys you have that are capable of starting, the better. Um, you cannot cannot go into a season in the NFL expecting to have all five of your offensive linemen play all play and start and finish all 16 games plus the postseason if you get into them. That's just so rare. Um, so, yeah, I mean, having two guys is great. It's not like – to me, it's not like having two quarterbacks where you can kind of – you know, they say if you have two, you don't really have one. I, I think it's different here because I think one guy's been here. I don't think one guy has been here for a, a while and is just learning the sport and is an athletic freak going against a guy who was a first round draft pick. So there's a reason why both of these guys are in the position that they are and why they both have a shot and why they could either one of them could take it. And, um, you know, they're both going to get sh- they're both going to get opportunities to play as long as they're healthy this year. I, I can't imagine that they would trade one of them if it, you know, if the other earns the job. But um but yeah, it's the chances are, especially with how it's gone for us in recent years and how you know, the Eagles offensive linemen are getting a little bit older. Um it's it's likely that some if not all of them will miss some time this year. Um so yeah, th- this is a good thing. This is a really good thing. Um, the other big news, I guess not really big news, but news out of the Eagles is they're working on a contract extension with, uh, Dallas Goddard, which makes sense. Um, he came out and said he wants to be here forever and he, um, despite his injuries has been a good player here. Um, I think I'd be a little, little hesitant based on his injury history to, to commit too much to him right now. But, um, Aside from that, I think it's the right move. I just don't know how you can be doing this while you're also not doing anything about Zach Ertz. It's got to be so awkward for for them and him to just see this news come out. Like, oh, cool. So they're giving him the money that I asked for and they're not giving me anything. They won't even release me. So that's weird. Uh, But... um. It is what it is, I guess. I, I don't know what to say, really. It's just, it's just awkward, and I don't, I don't like it. Hope so. Hopefully, hopefully something gets resolved soon. Um, it'd be nice for him to have a chance to sign with somebody in time to actually learn their offense um, and help them contribute. And the longer this drags out, the less likely that is, and that's a shame for him. But um, what else can you say? It's just, it stinks and it's awkward. Um. Yeah, so that's it on the Eagles. Not much going on in their world right now. Um, and then the only other thing is the NHL draft lottery was last night, and the Flyers ended up with the 13th pick, which is basically around where they should have uh, should have been drafting. So not really a surprise there. Um, it's not in the top 10, which stinks. You know, obviously you want to get higher, but. Um, you know, it's there's been players um, players taken after that 
that pick in recent years that have had um, really big impacts in the league. So um, it's not the end of the world if, um, you know, somebody like Matthew Barzell falls to you um, because he's quite a player for the Islanders. Um, but it's, you know, obviously you want to be higher. Um, but, you know, they've they've got uh, quite a few holes to fill at this point. So who's, who knows what they'll do? Maybe some trades will, will get them better picks or something because yeah, they just they suck and need a big shakeup. But that's, that's the only real news on them, getting the 13th pick. Um, yeah. So, all right, that's it for this episode. Uh, we will be back next week. Hopefully, I don't know actually how the schedule breaks out, but hopefully the Sixers are able to win another series between now and then, even though they seem to only schedule their games once every five days. Um, so, yeah, let's hope for, for a, a good early start for the Sixers, um, get a good early lead on that series, and for the Phillies to, to turn things around and and start playing better and creeping their way up the standings. All right, we'll see you next week.